Welcome to the Who Needs Instructions podcast. I want to be surrounded by people that accept the fact that we can't be on our, on our game all the time. Um, but actually, the intention is to do good and to be the best possible version of ourselves. As long as we live by those values and those intentions, mate, you're a mate for life, you know? On today's show, I'm chatting with a guy called Tom Murphy. Tom is an Australian who's a business owner turned mentor and a mindset expert as well. Now, Tom and I are pretty good friends, so I know his story well, and I really think it's well worth a listen. It's quite a journey this guy has been on. First of all, though, here's Tom introducing himself. Enjoy. Sure. So I'm from Melbourne in Australia. Uh, I married a lovely, lovely girl from Exeter in 2002. We had two lovely children in Melbourne. We lived there for 15, well, 14 years-ish. Um, unfortunately, 2015, we decided to separate and she wanted to move back to Exeter to be with her family and friends. So I followed, of course, to be with my boys. So I moved here, even though I'd been coming here backwards and back and forth because I did own a business here for a while, uh, you know, quite often I was coming, coming here. I officially moved here in December 2015, so just over five years ago. Fantastic. And what what business were you running when you came over? What what's your line of work, Tom? Uh, recruitment. So I'm a qualified civil engineer. I designed multi-story buildings for ten years. I set up my own property company, and then um, I've set up five recruitment companies. Um, I still own two. I don't have the UK one anymore. Shut that down in 2018. Okay. So, and let's move it on to where you are in your life right now. So you're, you're settled in Exeter. You've still got a couple of businesses running over in Oz. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Two recruitment companies in my property portfolio, yeah. Okay. And so what is your line of work today? Then what are you doing for work these days? Yeah, I'm actually working nowadays, mate. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, and I'm loving it. You know, when they say, when you find purpose, you will never work another day. And it's so true. I, I now help people. I call myself a business mentor and a mindset coach. Um, so, but that kind of pigeonholes you really, but you've got to call yourself something. I, I, I suppose technically I help people achieve success, whether it be in business, um, I was trying to strive to, to some form of success, um, but doing it in a sustainable way. So helping people with, with life balance as well. Yeah, because I know you don't want to be pigeonholed into that area, but you've kind of been there, seen it and done it. And now you've found that your life passion, your purpose is now to kind of help other people achieve, you know, whether it's financial success or, or whatever, you know, they want to run their own business. So I guess that's kind of the sort of stuff you're doing right now, is it? Yeah, yeah. Learning from my mistakes, Matt. Um, there you go. I've made bloody loads of them. <laughs> Um, and you know what, well, I don't really have any regrets. You know, there are certain things I would have chosen differently if I had my time again, but you know, I'm a, I'm a risk taker, Matt, you know, I, I just, I just do, sh can I say shit? I just, yes, do shit. Yeah, yeah, I just, yeah. I just, I just do shit. And I, you know, I just like to, um, I suppose push forward. And sometimes, you know, with that goes a little bit of rascal. Um, so I made, you know, I did silly things along the way and yeah. And, and I, and I suppose that's brought me to where I am today. I know what makes me happy. I, I no longer am, am I driven by ego. I'm no longer driven by material possessions. I just, 
you know, I just, I, if I want something, I'll buy it. Yeah, if I, if I can afford it, I'll buy it. But I don't do it because I think it's going to make me a better person. I don't do it because I think people will like me more. I just do it because I bloody want it. Um, and that's a big difference, I think. So, I mean, I want you to be comfortable about what you're talking about today, because I, as I mentioned at the beginning, I know you really well. Uh, and I know your journey, certainly over the last three or four years, uh, so you were running Aptus, um, which was a, you know, a successful recruitment business in Exeter. But then some things happened and then you decided that that was no longer what you wanted to be doing here in the UK. So are you happy to share that story? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So my, my life drastically changed um, in 2015, December, when I moved here to be with my children. I had no friends, no family, age 40, just had to reset my life. Uh, Christmas Day 2015, I cried my eyes out. I was on my own, curry for one. You know, I was like Mr. Bean, putting the peas in my pocket. Um, and I was as rock bottom as rock bottom could be. I went on an 11-day bender and looking back, probably lucky to be alive. Um, and that was, I suppose, the, the awakening. But, it, you know, I'm an Australian, so it takes a while. It took about three years to wake up. <laughs> um, so it was a three-year up-and-down battle of you know, a lot of pain, a lot of loneliness, um, a lot of discovering who I am. Um, and then it got to 2018 and, and I was actually doing really well. I was, I was in a highly toxic relationship, so that wasn't good. Um, but I was also in a position where I was very, very successful. I'm driven by success. I'm driven by achievement. Um, but I was burning, burning out. And um, luckily, I'm quite fit. I go to the gym a lot. I exercise a lot. I look after myself. So I was effectively having a heart attack. I was, you know, under a huge amount of stress that I put myself under to perform to what I expect myself to be able to perform at consistently. Um, I was under a lot of anxiety, imposter syndrome, you name it. I was going through it. Um, and I was partying too hard. And um, my body was just trying to shut down. So I was, I was passing out when I was walking my dog. In the morning, vomiting, um, yeah, just really, really bad um, warning signs. And the doctors just said, mate, you just got to stop. You just, you literally just have to just put, put shit to, 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 us, to one side for now. So I unfortunately shut down my UK company because that was at a point where it critically couldn't, probably couldn't run without me. Um, but I had other businesses that I was fortunate that were being run by other people. That were, that, so unfortunately, the one positive is I had a, I had an income, um, which allowed me to take time off. And I, and I took about, it was probably roughly about three months. It's a bit foggy, really, 2018, that period, because it was a bloody tough time. Um, whilst 2015, I was rock bottom. Um, 2018, I wasn't really rock bottom, but I was lost. I ended up not having purpose in life because I, I wasn't working full time. Um, I, I literally didn't know what I was doing with my life. And, would, um, would it be fair to say that on the surface, others looking in were thinking, Tom's got this covered, Tom's doing great, look at him, his life is success, he's a, he's a handsome man, he's dating this woman, he's running this oh, company. Oh, oh Maddie, you. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, to be fair, I think that happened from about 2015 onwards. Like in Australia, you know, I'm from a working class background, I went to a public school. I just worked hard and, and did well in business. So my mates back in Melbourne just see as, you know, Tom who's just done well for himself. Whereas when you when you move to a new place, 
and you have a successful business and you you know you come with i suppose um or being it's human nature people just judge you they put a label on you so so yeah i think you're right i think most people saw me with the nice house and the nice car and and business success and flying backwards and forwards to australia and i suppose people just thought oh yeah to be honest i think a lot of people wanted me to fail you know it's 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 awful to say it but i think a lot of people actually wanted to knock me down a few pegs um which is hard man it's really hard to to sort of deal with that when you genuinely just want to do well and, and and you know just just be surrounded by nice people um, yeah, I think people just looking in thought he's doing really well. And, and I think a lot of the things I had, big house and all of that, and, you know, nice car, I think a lot of people thought that that's what makes you happy, but it bloody doesn't. <laughs> no, and I, and I think I knew you reasonably well at the, by this time. And uh, it, it, the, the thing that I found most endearing, I really, you know, I, I really cherished was the fact that you could talk to me about this kind of stuff. You know, this wasn't this, you know, you weren't going to go through this on your own. You did reach out to your mates and, and, you know, hopefully a few of your mates were checking in and making sure you're okay. And it was just that, I, I think that, you know, I, I think you have that ability to, to realise that actually, you know, I am having a bit of a tough time. I do need a little bit of help with this. Even if it's, you know, not, you, you weren't looking for financial help. You weren't looking for help to run a business. You were just looking for help for Tom because you're a little bit lost, weren't you? Absolutely, mate. I was like a little boy just crying out for a bit of love, you know. Um, but I think I've always gone through life wearing my heart on my sleeve and not 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 being shy with my emotions. Um, I will say, though, I think, you know, and this, by the way, I should say, you know, what you're doing, Matt, is amazing. And I'd love you to just, you know, this is your first life. I'd love you to take a moment to actually tell, tell us your purpose in what you're trying to create here, mate. But I will just say that... Um, I think it's when you're low, like when you're at your lowest, you know, everyone says you must talk, you know? Yeah. Mate, when you're at your lowest, that's the moment where you're not going to talk because you feel, you feel helpless. Like you think, well, what's the freaking point? You know, I'm that low that it doesn't matter what I say to anyone or what anyone says to me, I'm, I'm, I'm knackered, you know? And I think the key is to talk or facilitate opportunities before that happens. Yeah. Um, and that's typically what I've been quite good at, but I think I'm no different to anyone else. When you are rock bottom, that's, that's scary times, you know, because you genuinely feel like you're the only person in the world and that nothing will, will ever get you out of this hole. Yeah, and that's the thing that, you know, I think what, I don't know if it necessarily saved you, but because you already had that awareness about, you know, and, and you had those friendships around you, and, you know, I'm sure there were people back in Oz that were reaching out to you as well. And you had hopefully, a few, you know, a few friends here now in, in Exeter in England in Devon that were doing the same thing. Um, but, you know, we've had discussions before about, you know, when you are feeling that low, you, 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 you want to go from here and actually you want to be, you know, right up there. But actually it's just that little step there that you need to be able to take. And it's recognising when you're there, how do I get to that first little step? Because we all know that, you know, one step at a time, it's going to really help you get to where you need to be to have happiness. It's not necessarily about success. So what kind of, you know, for, for the people watching, for our audience, you know, what, what kind of things could people do? Or what did you do personally? Because I'm guessing it will, you know, it's different for everybody. But what did you do to kind of help yourself come from that low point to kind of getting back on track again? 
Yeah, um, I think a bit of it's luck. I think, you know, I've had numerous moments where I think it goes with being an entrepreneur. You're quite, you're quite up and down. Um, and so I think that that just is part of the DNA. Um, you're always chasing the next thing. And that's what I've learned in the last probably 12 to 80 months in the reason why I'm on this path now to help other people learn from my mistakes with that. But that's not a healthy way to live. So I've had a, a lot of opportunities, I suppose, go through low moments. Um, and I think the important thing that I try and do is separate the feeling from fact. So the feeling is I'm helpless, I'm worthless, I'm knackered, um, I can't get out of this. You know, the fact is I've been through it before. I remember the feeling of how good I feel several days after I get through it. I remember how good I feel when I'm succeeding in life and doing well and caring for other people and, and giving. Um, and so that feeling from fact is really, really important. And it's the same with imposter syndrome. Yeah. And I, I spoke on a podcast about, oh, I can't remember, it was a little while ago. And I talked about the relationship with fear and the relationship with trauma. Now, uh, there may be some people that will watch this that will maybe feel quite, I hope, hopefully not aggrieved by this statement because trauma is different to everybody. And my level of trauma could be so insignificant to someone else's level of trauma. But we, we all have trauma in our lives. And, and I just find that, you know, with, with trauma, with, with fear, with, with any negative aspects to our emotions that we go through, if we can reshape that, repackage that into being something that actually pushes us forward instead of holding us back. Mm -hmm. That's a freaking powerful thing. Um, and I genuinely believe that to be your best at whatever it is you choose to do in life, you have to have had hardship to want it bad enough. Do you really believe that? I do. I do. I, I believe that yeah, you look at most high performers, especially elite sports people, um, they've either had some sort of trauma or some sort of um, uh, hardship or, or, you know, they usually come from unprivileged lives um, where they're just, they're, they're focused on one thing and one thing only and they just literally just do it over and over and over again. So it's an obsessive nature. Um, but it's a lifestyle, you know, and, and, I, and I just think if you, if you listen to the High Performance Podcast, the majority of the people that speak on that have all of the traits that we say we shouldn't have obsessiveness, compulsiveness, um, a, a level of selfishness, um, anxiety, stress, you know, like all the things we're not supposed to bloody have. They have it, but they embrace it and they package it up to actually drive them forward. Um, I think for the average everyday person, probably 95% of the population, that's a dangerous concept. Um, but, but it can actually help if you just, it's about my mindset. Like this is why I call myself a mindset coach because I help people not focus on the can't, but focus on the can. You know, like right now we're in lockdown in the UK. We are so restricted. And as you know, we were talking last night, me and, and the other two cronies, we were talking last night about, um, about you know, this lockdown's been bloody hard. Yeah. Really, really hard. But if we focus on how we are restricted, we're not going to be happy. We're not going to be successful. Yeah. You just need to take control. Empower yourself to take control of what you can do. Um, and we will get through this. And, and that's the thing I wanted to kind of highlight, really, for, for again, for people watching, is that 
Um, so the perception of Tom, and correctly so, Tom is a successful man, okay? Uh, when you look at it in terms of what you have achieved in work and in, in life generally, okay? But I know, because you talk about it quite often on your uh, Life According to Murph side of things and your Instagram account especially, and we will put links in there to make sure that you get something out of this, my friend, definitely. But oh, um, I don't need that, but just time, just, just time chatting about it, mate, is a privilege, so thank you. Oh, bless you. But, but, you know, I know that you, you still, to this day, suffer with imposter syndrome. And I think that everybody does. And the example I've always given when I talk to people about this is, if you look at, and I'm going to use Barack Obama because the other guy was just shit, let's be honest, uh, and he was from a different world. But Barack Obama probably brushing his teeth first thing in the morning, looking there in the mirror, and he's thinking, shit. I run the most powerful country in the world. Who let me do this? And I guarantee he's having those thoughts. And of course, when he comes out, presents himself, he's professional. But I just want people to realize is that it's, you're not alone when you have those thoughts. Everybody thinks that. And it's perfectly natural for everybody to feel like that. Um, there are ways of coping. And that's the sort of stuff I'm sure you'll teach, teach people and, and get people through because you still experience it to this day. And, and it's, it's, I just want people to realise it's perfectly natural to feel that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. So two things there. He was backed behind every good man. There's an awesome woman. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, that, that we should never underestimate the power of collaboration. Whether it's a good partner in, in relationships, whether it's a business partner, whether it's just good people, you are a product of your own environment. Yeah. Yeah. And whilst I love what he did, he had a beautiful woman behind him. You know what I mean? Like that, she had a massive impact and, and part in that a piece in, in, that, in, in all of that. Um, so yeah, imposter syndrome, man. Like I see it as a positive thing. We talked about it last night. If, if we uh, had that sense of unworthiness um, or I can't do this, I don't deserve this, all of that, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's, it's, it's a sign that we are pushing ourselves outside of our comfort zone. Okay, okay. And, and the amount of times, you know, you think about the amount of times we do something that we're scared of or we do something we, can't, we think we can't do. And then on the other side of it, when we've done it, how good is that feeling? <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of the best things in the world, you know, to have actually conquered something you were afraid of or you felt you couldn't do. Yeah. Um, and, and I feel, you know, that's, that's impossible, what imposter syndrome is for. It's like anxiety. A small amount of anxiety is really, really important. And so we shouldn't label anxiety as a bad thing necessarily. It's like chocolate. Eat too much of it, you get fat. Right. Have a little bit of it or have a beer every now and again, you know, one or two beers, bit of chocolate, a couple of crisps. It's fine. Same with anxiety. Like anxiety is a good thing. Anxiety is actually, it's proven. There's research that's proven. It gives us, it's an important trigger that, that tells us when we make the right decisions, mm -hmm. how we live our values, how we behave in society. Because when we get, when we do the wrong thing, we get anxious. When we're running late from, for a meeting, we get anxious, you know, and that's a good thing because we go, oh, well, I won't be late again, will I? Exactly. You know, <laughs> and it's, it's kind of life's way of teaching us, but it's when there's too much anxiety that that becomes a problem and obviously that's on the other side of the fence where it's a dangerous thing too much stress too much anxiety and if you're yeah. getting imposter syndrome on a daily basis then and this is another thing maddie that i really really feel very strongly about if you've got a headache 
why do we take a pill? Like, because it's, let's look at what's causing the headache. Yeah. So, you know, I don't take, don't take pills because I'll, I've got them in the cupboard and if I'm in a rush and I've got to go and I've got to, I'll take one, but I won't take one every day. Because hmm. I try and work out, well, hang on, what, what's, what's going on? And that's the, the start to understand your body and what you're putting yourself through and actually maybe you just need to chill out for a bit. Um, or not sleeping enough, I'm not drinking enough water or whatever it is that's actually causing the headache. Um, it's the same with stress, anxiety and imposter syndrome. Yeah, I mean, I, I had a, a huge uh, level of anxiety last year work and it was work related for me. And, uh, you know, I, I it's the first time I've ever experienced that. Um, and it, it, it scared the life out of me. I didn't know what I was doing and I completely withdrew from everything. Now, it, it ruined a business relationship, but luckily that relationship is now a friendship and it's been rebuilt. And again, that's, that's, I want to just take that back to the ethos of what Who Needs Instructions is all about. It's about men being able to talk, mainly to each other, but definitely to their partners as well, whether that be a man, whether it be a woman. You know, it's really important that we are communicating. And, and it, you know, I, I've never run a large business, um, but my entire career has been based around communication and i've been doing that for for over 30 years in, in some means or another whether that was in sales whether that was in broadcasting whether that was in social media it's all been about communication and like you said earlier on heart on the sleeve you know i can't hide my emotions you you can read me you can read my face and and i'm okay with that I, you know i i don't lie my mum taught me from a very young age, lies have got to have good memories. And I've got a shocking memory. So I, don't <laughs> I just you know, stick to the truth the whole time. But, you know, it's, and so it, for me, I want to just bring the conversation because there's definitely something that, that you can help people with. And if you want to reach out to Tom, I would absolutely recommend it. But in terms of our friendship and the way that we communicate with each other, I, I just want to kind of put this stuff out there to make sure that people realise it's okay you know me and you have really had some some heart to hearts uh and you know it's not stuff that we need to talk about publicly but i want to know that I, you know I, I know that i can reach out to you tom and go look this stuff is is eating away at me is this normal you know can i you know is, is this something i should be feeling and i i guarantee that you know you won't you'll put me straight you'll set me right but you'll also go but it's it's okay to feel this way and, and so many blokes, have, you know, from the old school of stiff upper lip and being told to man up, you know, yes, there is an element of that. But, you know, that's that is I think it's so wrong because it just it's masking everything that's going on underneath. And yeah. I, I, I want people to be able to find a friendship like we have friendship like I have with, with lots of my friends that, you know, you, you, you should feel safe in the ability to reach out to somebody and say, look, I'm having a bit of a tough time take the piss out of me and maybe distract me from this. You know, there's, there's, those relationships are so important, aren't they, Tom? They really are, Matt. And I'm very, very thankful that I met you, I think, in 2017 or 18. Um, you know, it's been a bloody beautiful journey, Matthew. Um, <laughs> and what I, what I, I completely agree with you. Um, I think with the, with the stigma being removed um, is, a, is a beautiful thing. This, you know, that, you know, men need to man up and grow some nuts. And, you know, um, I think a great woman said grow a vagina because those things take a bloody pounding. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, uh, 
Yeah, look, I, I, the whole thing about, I was interviewed for a magazine, right? Uh, an article in a magazine. And the, woman's, uh, the woman who spoke to me was a, a health practitioner, uh, a well-being practitioner. And we were talking about, I told her about the statement, um, it's okay not to be okay. I think that's the way it is, isn't it? Is, it, is that what it's yeah. called? Big yeah. Yeah. And I love that. And I love the meaning in, uh, behind that. But the danger with that is that it almost is starting to shape up and giving people the, the, the norm that um, we don't have to be okay or we don't have to want to be okay. And, and I think where the line draws between people I can help is when people want to change or want to be okay versus people that are happier in the darkness. Right. And I think that's the sad thing is that there is a portion of society that need, they, they need help. Now, what you and I have got is just the average bloke that doesn't matter how low or how high you are, we can just have a chat. And, you know, I don't think it has to be that I'm depressed or I'm anxious or I'm really low to say, Maddie, I want to have a chat. I could just be having a shit day. Yeah. You and know, sorry. We've, no, sorry, I am jumping in. But, we, you know, what we've done is we've maintained contact through through lockdown. You know, we are, we are doing the archetypal Zoom calls, but we've got a stupid WhatsApp group with four of us in there. And it is on, on those darker days, it is the best place in the world to be because there's an absolute load of nonsense and shit that goes in there. Loads of stupid voice notes, and our friend Simon is just the best. He really, really makes me laugh. He needs to get out more, let's be honest. He needs to get out. The guy is in lockdown on his own. He really is. And he sees his kids, but, I mean, Christ. Uh, he, is, he makes me laugh on a daily basis. He's bloody brilliant. It's brilliant. great. And, we, and aren't we lucky that there's that support group? But equally, that, that group got together last night, and we had a Zoom call last night. And we, we, got, we went quite deep, didn't we? And... and, and and it, there's no there's no shame in it, you know. And it's not like we went, went right, okay, what's your issue? We went in there, started taking the piss out of each other, ripping each other a new one, and then the conversation just flows. We're not trying to force it. It's just blokes having a bit of a laugh. And, and you know, you get us together. And, you know, if someone's like, you know, everything okay, Matty? Or, you know, or I'll come up and say, look, I had a bit of a shit day today. This is what's happened. And I'll get three opinions about it, often fairly similar. And, yeah. you'll, and you'll probably turn around going, actually, Matty, I felt like that today as well myself, or I had a day like that last week, and it's absolutely fine. Yeah, 100%, mate. The beautiful thing about that chat is, you know, when we're talking about what do you say to someone if you feel like you need to reach out to them, and I was saying, well, you've got to, I think you've just got to facilitate the opportunity for discussion. So I think it's not enough to say, hey, mate, you can talk to me anytime. You know, I'm here for you. You know, just, just talk, just pick up the phone. That's not enough. And I think this is the problem with parenting up until recently and maybe still with some portions of society is that there's a lot of people, a lot of parents, a lot of, a lot of men saying, you must talk or, you know, don't bottle things up, you know, blah, blah, blah. But unless we talk ourselves and demonstrate the opportunity or, you know, provide an environment where someone feels comfortable to talk. So with my boys... I, I mean, obviously, I'm a responsible adult, so I don't tell them everything. But I, I, if I'm having a shit day, I mean, I've cried in front of my boys. I, I, you know, I've I've talked to them about a breakup I had. I've talked to them about 
you know, a bad day in business or someone, you know, some some dickhead, you know, who didn't bloody sign on the dotted line or whatever the case may be. Um, and so I'm pretty sure that I've, I provide every opportunity for my boys to talk if they need to. Yeah. Um, and, and, I, and I hope that people really get that. And um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a charity in Australia called The Man Cave. Um, the, the, my, one of my businesses in Oz, we've sponsored them the last couple of years. They go into high schools between year seven and year nine. And they work with young boys in helping them through that period of, of adolescence in understanding what healthy masculinity is, um, you know, how to actually um, do the opposite of manning up. So, yeah. you know, what's our role in society? Because the problem is a lot of men in society now have grown up and been told by their dad and their granddad that you're driving the bus, men take charge, men's job is this, when actually with equality that doesn't work. So there's a lot of people in society, men in society now, that don't know what their place is. With these young boys, this, this charity goes into the schools and helps them, brings in role models from like the footy club and the cricket club and all sorts to actually massage that whole healthy relationship with masculinity and, and, and how they should be respectful to women and all sorts. One thing they did do a couple of years ago was they had a Father's Day gig where they took the, some kids on a camp and got them to bring their dads. And the dads would work with the sons for a bit and then the dads would work with the other boys and okay. swap over and the boys would work together and the dads would work together. Apparently, it wasn't the kids that were crying, it was the dads that were crying. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me, mate. It really doesn't. Yeah, and, they, and the, the, the men were like, shit, I've either become an exact replica of my dad yeah, or I've gone to the other extreme and I've become the exact opposite. And, and it was quite interesting. Majority of the time, the dads were showing more empathy and care and interest in the other boys than their own boy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny that because I, I do think that there is a generation and it's a really large generation who are a little bit in between. My father was quite old school. Now, he has since probably the last 25 years, that man has changed his attitude completely. And he is a, he's a modern man. I mean, he doesn't still understand the world as it is right now, but he's definitely a more modern man than he was. And then you're hoping that the children and the age, the, 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 uh, the generation behind us, they're learning a much more rounded version of the world and they're going to come up. But you've got us generalizing, you know, sort of, you know, I know 25 to 60 year olds in that section there who are a little bit confused that there's our dad was like that and then our kids are like this and what the crap do we do? So it's just trying to kind of understand ourselves that, you know, we need to take a, maybe we're all got that tradition from the old school but actually that modern side of things where, you know, everything is and rightfully should so is completely equal. Um, no, no, and whether that's a, a male-male relationship, female-male relationship or female-female, it's just, it's got to be 50-50 in my books. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and, and I think it's that healthy balance of communication, like understanding what each person's role is. I think a lot of relationships break down or aren't happy because the communication is not clear on on what what each person's role is in the relationship and you know one person thinks that the other person should be doing this and vice versa and blah blah, blah. and you know there's no man does this and woman does that or you know it's it's literally just a partnership yeah. and we just fucking work well together you know talk, um talk i think communication is so important in everything we do isn't it mate yeah definitely mate definitely and and you know it's that ability to be able to have those conversations set it in stone from an early point in a relationship and and that's that is the ethos of, of of who needs instructions this this page uh this 
initiative, whatever you want to call it, this page, in other words, on Facebook, is just about getting men to realize that, you know, no matter what the outside is looking like, there's that, that guy over there has got stuff going on inside his bonds that is exactly the same stuff you've got going on inside your head as well. No matter if you're the guy street, sweeping the streets or you're the prime minister of the country, you've got these shit going on inside your head. You're playing worst case scenario. You're beating yourself up all the time. And, you know, it, I'm not saying that's a good thing, but it's actually what we all do. And I want people to realize that. And, and actually, yeah, when you get that opportunity to go, all right, mate, yeah, yeah, me too, me too. And it's, you know, that ability to be able to do that with someone just forms those stronger friendships and allows you to understand that, honestly, mate, that guy thinks very similar to you do. Yeah, yeah. And, and reading the signs. So, you know, sometimes you get that moment where you just think, oh, you know, Dave, Dave was a bit off his game tonight. Yeah. Or, you know, I haven't heard from, you know, Pete for a while or whatever. And just, if you ever have those thoughts, just bloody call them. Do you know, you said, I think, we, again, I'll, I, we were talking the other day and, and it was, you know, rather than reaching out to someone saying, all right, mate, are you okay? Actually, you could say, mate, can I have a little chat with you? Because there's something I want to talk about. So I think it's a really interesting one. That I think that, and that's a great way to reach out to a mate by saying, look, mate, can I have a word? I'm going through some stuff and I wonder if you can help me with it. And actually that might open the door for them to start talking to you about the issues that you think they might be having. Yeah, 100%, 100%. It's just, it's just, I think it just comes down to just being a nice person. You know? <laughs> I literally like it just, you know, it's not hard, is it? It's not hard it's to not. care to people. And, no. and, and it's not hard to sort of, I think, it, I think generally it is, people do find it hard to expose themselves and, yeah. you know, make themselves look vulnerable. And I think that the, the sad thing is, well, the good thing is, is that it's changing, but, you know, there's a lot of people out there that still think it's weak to, 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 to you know, accept that, that, that they're struggling. Um, it's not weak to talk. It's, it's actually a, a pillar of strength or a showing of strength to, to be able to talk. Um, so, yeah, I... I you know, there's, there is there is part of me though, like you know, I, I, as I said to you before, I played um, relatively high level of football, and you know, there was a time back then when he, he was semi pro, right? He was semi pro. Yeah, and it was in Australia as well. So. <laughs> yeah, I remember Harry Kill? Well, that good. <laughs> I got a story about him actually. No. Anyway, um, for another day, Matthew. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, yeah, there's part of me that. I was talking on a podcast at 10 o'clock this morning with Ryan Huxtable and um, it'll, be, it'll go out on LinkedIn in, in a few days, I think. And I was saying to him, there's part of me that still brings some of that to, to my game now where if you're on the, on the football field, you know, or you're in the dressing room and you just get, a, you just get an absolute bollocking for not, not pulling your weight, for not running hard enough, for not working hard enough. Um, but, you know, when I coach people, mentor people, or just literally try and help people, whether it be my employees or business partners or whatever, you know, there's part of me that just says, you just got to freaking work harder, mate. You got to stop being lazy. You got to pull yourself together. Yeah. But then there's an element in society today where that's not acceptable. As you say, you know, saying things like man up and all that, you know, that, that's, that's not acceptable. But, but there is still an element of, you know, like, just come on, take accountability. Yeah. Call people like, to account. Definitely. Definitely. Take accountability for for your own self worth, but also for the people around you. Because you know, if you're going to be lazy and you're going to make excuses, and you know, you're gonna you're gonna allow your mindset to drag you down. Well, 
you know, that's not helping anyone else out. So it's, I think, I do believe, like, I've always tried to do things collaboratively and, and, I, and I sometimes, I just think we all just need a slap in the face, you know, just like literally just saying, come on, like, yeah. really, really, come on, let's, think, come on, we can, we can do this, come on, let's go, come on. Um, we'll deep down if we're slacking, don't we, really, really? Yeah, yeah, and, you know, look, unfortunately, some people go through life and, you know, that's their agenda, some, but, but I, I, I want to be surrounded by people that accept the fact that we can't be on our, on our game all the time, um, but actually the intention is to do good and to be the best possible version of ourselves. As long as we live by those values and those intentions, mate, you're, you're a mate for life, you know? That's great, mate. Listen, I, I think that's a, a lovely little sound bite to end on, Tom. I've taken up enough of your evening as it is. I'm really, really grateful. I know you're a friend. I know you did this as a favor, but honestly, what a great way to start with the lives on Facebook because you're a top guy. You've got a lot to teach people, a lot to tell. And I know you're really good. If you follow Tom on Instagram, I mean, the guy shares stuff every single day. LinkedIn as well, sharing stuff on there. And it, honestly, it is really, really useful stuff. So props to you, mate, just for being a, well, I'm going to blow smoke up your ass for being a top bloke, mate. Simple as that. <laughs> thank you, Matty. I really appreciate it. And thank you for your friendship, mate. It means the world to me. Thanks for creating WNI. Mate, um, all power to you. If I can help in any way, I'm with you. Um, let's do an anniversary one every year, mate. We'll do it on Australia Day, 26th of January every year. WNI. Who Needs Instructions? The podcast for men who probably do need instructions. Instructions.